Here's what's making business headlines today. I'm Bryce, joined by Ren. It's Wednesday, the 26th of October. So, Ren, where are we heading today? So, Bryce, we're starting in China, heading over to Britain, and then finishing in America. Well, let's start in China, where markets have sold off Chinese stocks and China's currency after the Communist Party's Congress. Now, the headline from the Congress was that Xi Jinping has been voted in for a precedent breaking third term as Chinese president. But that wasn't a surprise, and that wasn't what spooked markets. No, it is the leaders that Xi has put around him. In looking at China's new Politburo, it is clear that Xi has prioritised loyalists over experts, and that has spooked markets. America's Golden Dragon Index that tracks US-listed Chinese stocks was down more than 20%, and the offshore yuan, a version of China's currency that is allowed to trade freely, fell to a record low against the US dollar. Love the name Golden Dragon yes. for an index. But Ren, what does this all mean? Well, investors are pulling their money from Chinese stocks and investments. They're selling shares and then converting the Chinese yuan to another currency as they move their money out of the country. So Bryce, let's move from one spooked market to another market that seems to be getting over their fright. Let's go to Britain. Rishi Sunak has been sworn in as Prime Minister by King Charles III and Jeremy Hunt has been reappointed Chancellor of the Exchequer. And these two moves seem to have calmed the markets. Now, as a reminder, Jeremy Hunt came in as Chancellor and overturned many of Liz Truss's tax policies. Say that quickly. Liz, yes. Truss, Liz Truss's tax policies uh, a few weeks ago and, and really calmed markets then. Yeah, the British market seemed to have taken a breath, a big sigh of relief. The British pound was up about 2% against the US dollar. And importantly, the yields on, on British government bonds fell to levels pre-truss tax cuts. Now, let's be clear, all is not well in the British economy. Inflation is at 10.1% and they are facing a tough winter with energy shortages. But it seems the crisis of the moment, the crisis of the past few weeks has passed. It'll be a, a nice day when something from Britain doesn't appear in our news headlines, Ren. But let's close out in America where Coca-Cola has reported their Q3 numbers and the headline is simply this question. What economic challenges? Yeah, you'd be forgiven for thinking that all is pretty good in the world <laughs> of America and Coca-Cola. Coke is one of those companies economists watch to get a sense of the consumer and in particular the American consumer. It sits right on that line between discretionary purchases and core staple purchases. <laughs> Basically, you don't need to buy a Coke, but a lot of consumers would be very reluctant to give it up. And simply, the world isn't giving it up. Compared to the same quarter last year, revenue was up 10% and profit up 14%. Now that revenue growth up 10%, we can break that number down. Prices rose 12% in the quarter or from the same time last year. The volume of Coke sold rose 4%. And then there was some changes in the kind of products people were buying. So they were trading down to smaller sizes or, you know, cheaper products. But basically that 12% price growth, that's inflation. That's, mm. that's what we keep hearing about. But it's important to note that at the same time, profits rose 14%. So you put those two numbers together and what can we learn? Whatever cost increases Coca-Cola are seeing, they're passing it on to the consumer and the consumer is wearing them. The consumer keeps buying Coke. The consumer actually bought 4% more Coke than they did the same time last year. So it's a bit annoying that Coke isn't wearing any of those price increases, but it is actually a positive sign. It shows that the consumer is holding up okay and is still making their purchases despite this inflation. 
Love to have an addictive product like Coke. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But Ren, that brings us to the end of our three stories for today. But as we close the episode with a fact of the day, what have we got? One million. One million houses to be exact. That is how many houses the Australian government announced they want to build by 2030 in last night's budget. And they're not alone. Governments around the world, Canada, the US, Britain, New Zealand, have all made housing a key priority and have all made big pledges in the last couple of years. Mm. But Ren, it is not that easy. On today's episode of The Dive, we unpack why you can't just throw money at the problem and the radical steps that some countries are taking to address housing supply and affordability. So go and listen to that uh, in your podcast feed now. But Bryce, that'll do us for today. Until Friday. Have a great day. 